This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and, if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Coming up later, local naturalist Joe Gray talks about how his first book has a special relevance to these times and to us here in St Albans. But first, a reason to be positive – Plans are afoot for SUSFest 2021. Well, for those who aren't familiar with the St Albans Sustainability Festival, it is two weeks of sustainability-aimed events, activities, promotions, etc., all run by local organisations, schools, faith groups, whoever. Over the years, it's going to be one of the biggest events of its kind in the country. And it's great that it's going to be back. Jill Watson is squeezing in chairing of the SUSFest working group in between running her own business and homeschooling kids. So I was delighted when she had the time to tell us how this year's SUSFest is progressing and what we can do to help. Jill, thank you very much for taking time out of what I imagine is a very busy day for you to to talk to me. So SUSFest 21, is it going to go ahead? Yes, Amanda, it is going to go ahead. We're currently looking at how we can go ahead in the current COVID times. But at the moment, as you will know, we're all very aware of how we impact our own environment locally and worldwide. So I think this year is more important than any to just, you know, get the message out there again and and help people to be a bit more sustainable. So yes, we're going to go ahead. Excellent. And what dates do you have planned? Um, We have from the 23rd of May to the 6th of June. So we're hoping that we'll have a good kickoff event on the 23rd of May. It will be the market takeover and we'll we'll start a two-week programme of events that will be events, hopefully some smaller local events if we're allowed to, and kind of individual events and activities as well that people can take part in. Okay, so it sounds like you're basically saying this is going to go ahead, whatever kind of lockdown we're in. Yes, we've got quite an active working group at the moment and we've had a lot of meetings recently just to kind of discuss realistically what can we do even if we're in kind of a lockdown situation. And really, people have got great ideas out there of what they can still do to kind of, you know, change their own thoughts and processes on sustainability and kind of help the community as well become a little bit more involved. So we have got a good number of ideas of things that will still be able to go ahead, even if we're as restricted as we are at this moment in time. Okay, so the working group is meeting. So what are you doing to prepare for for this year's festival? Well, we kind of, at the moment, we're just really keeping in touch quite frequently with the working group to kind of, you know, see if things change, what we can do. And uh, we're, we're, we are continuing as we would normally in a normal year with kind of, you know, new logos and graphics and information that we can put out there. We're putting all of that together now so that we're ready to roll out when we're, re- when we're ready to register the events. So we're doing kind of the background work at the moment 
but having in the back of our mind that you know things may change in the in the coming weeks even you know in in the time between now people registering and then the events taking place we're going to have to be very flexible with if we can do kind of online events or face-to-face events we're having to keep a very open mind and just be a bit aware of the fact that things will probably change (laughs) I'm sure they I'm sure they will do well I I hope that they do frankly Uh, so you're doing all that preparation what can we do at this stage normally we would be registering events uh, sort of what what can we do is there anything we can do just now well I think the most important thing at the moment is really to just start having a think of what activities or events you could actually do or get involved in I mean I know we've all got a lot on our plate at the moment and and time even though we're spending more time at home it seems to be busier than ever so it's kind of easier said than done but if people can start having a a think about the groups that they're involved in how they're going to start kind of getting back to normal face-to-face or reaching out to other people within their groups just would anything that you do fit in with our sustainability festival would any events or any regular meetings that you have benefit from having just one week where you talk about sustainability or change something to be more sustainable so at the moment it's about kind of just preparing having a think you know see if see if there's anything that comes to mind that would fit into our festival and to be honest most small or large events would fit into our our reach of programs so there's there's something out there for everybody to just you know get involved with Indeed. And I suppose whilst it would be great if we can have, you know, the kind of big events that have often featured in SUSFest that groups have organised, actually, it could be really something quite modest this year, couldn't it? Yes. And there are a lot of things that actually people can do on an individual basis and then share with others. So this is uh, these are some of the ideas that we're kind of looking at in the moment. Can people go out on a walk, look for particular things? do a bird count or a butterfly count and then come back and have you know virtual meetings and share those things with other groups we can still do a lot to kind of promote our own awareness and well-being at the same time so yeah there are a lot of things that people could do are you able to say at this stage when we will need to register our events by we are hoping to get the registration open for the 30th of January. This year, we will be having an extended period of registration because obviously between the 30th of January and kind of over the coming months, the actual lockdown and the restrictions will hopefully change. So there may be a various kind of range of events that, that can take place. So we'll open at the end of January and we'll keep that registration open a little longer possibly up to two months so that people can you know really have a think about if they can put an event together and it would also be helpful for us if you could just register interest if you if you want to do an event but you're not quite sure yet you know that this should hopefully be um, an indication for you to do that on the website looking forward to it already jill thank you very much indeed for sharing that and we look forward to hearing more um, as the months go by Check out the St Albans Sustainability Festival website at sustfest.org and, as Jill says, get the groups that you're involved in thinking about how they might be involved by holding their own sustainability-themed event, however small, during the festival. Now, remember the first lockdown back, when was it, last March? 
Well, whilst the rest of us turned to Joe Wick's workouts and binge-watched box sets, local naturalist Joe Gray got to work on his first book. Well, it's published now and it looks like a great read. I spoke to Joe about how the book came about, how it's very much a book for the now and how it has a special relevance to St Albans. Joe, thank you very much for joining me. So what inspired you to write your first book and who did you have in mind when you were writing it? Thank you for having me, first of all, Amanda. It's great to be here. A bit of a funny story on the book. I wrote an online article about wildlife in St Albans and a publisher contacted me and um, we met and we discussed the possibility of me writing a book about the types of topics I discussed in the article. And obviously I gratefully accepted and I was all ready to, to write this book and it was going to be based on some travels. I was going to be going down into France during the year, down into Spain hopefully to get inspiration and and this was back in March um, 2020 and of course <laughs> none of that was going to was going to play out as planned. So the, the publisher very kindly agreed to my suggested alternative book which was going to be not based on France and Spain and other travels, but based on my, my own back garden in St. Albans. So I hadn't, before that, I hadn't thought of writing a book about my back garden. But as it happened, it turned out to be a rather good subject. Um, and then the second uh, part of that question. So I, I had two audiences in mind for the book. One is you know, lo- local residents. I wanted to, to, to give the, the book a real St. Albans flavour. So it's not just about wildlife in my garden. Um, it talks about issues facing the River Ver, for instance, um, and it tracks the, the prehistory and the, the history of, of the land on which St Albans currently stands. So that was part of the audience. The, the other part is, is people with a broad interest in environmental and conservation and sustainability issues. So from Tales of the wildlife that I encounter in the garden, I then draw stories out uh, into to much broader and even global topics. So there's there's two two audiences I have in mind. And of course, there will be overlap between the two. Now, it's called 13 Paces by Four, Backyard Biophilia and the Emerging Earth Ethic. So what does the 13 Paces by Four refer to? Yep. So 13 paces by four is is the size of the garden. It's not absolutely microscopic, but it's not a very large garden. So I, I, I've looked at some statistics on this, and it's certainly uh, below the, the typical or the, the average size for a British back garden. So you talk about backyard biophilia. What what what, what did you have in mind when you when you popped that in the title? Yeah, so biophilia is is one of the two really important themes that emerge from the book, the other being (laughs) Emerging Earth Ethic, the the second part of the subtitle. And you'll notice the alliteration in both. I do enjoy alliteration. Biophilia is this deep-seated emotional affinity that humans have for the living world. And it's a really important emotional driver for, for wanting to, for drawing positive experiences from the world, but also wanting to do something to try to, to make the world a better place. for for all life. Has that been heightened for you in lockdown when you've had to spend more time just observing just your little space, just that small garden? Yeah, definitely. So I've always had, I'm a keen naturalist, but I generally ramble around the local countryside and I've I've only ever really had until 
last year, 2020, only had one eye open on the garden. So I've been doing things to try to improve the quality of the habitat for wildlife. But probably things have been going on under my nose without me really realising. So last year, I had a very strong focus on the, on the garden for obvious reasons. And I was not only learning much more about it and, and the many animals who live there, for you know insects and, and birds and amphibians, but also developing a, 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 a real... Um, I mean, I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say a, a, a real emotional uh, relationship with 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 my non-human, uh, you know, fellow residents. Yeah. Uh, yes. And and I think actually um, that that engagement at that level can can be the one that has real benefits. And do you, do you think you you get something very positive out of that as as well as hopefully being motivated to take actions which are, are better for the the wild world that you're observing? Yeah, indeed. So I think it's it's really nice to, to look at it that way, to think of it as almost a reciprocal relationship. We we can potentially derive so much pleasure from the beauty of watching the nature around us. We really do need to give something back. Otherwise, it's just not fair. Yeah. So, I mean, so you, you talk again in the title, you talk about humanity's positive cohabitation of Earth. What do you think is crucial to turn around the domination and destruction that we currently, you know, as the human race, wreak on our planet into this positive cohabitation? For me, I, I really do think it comes down to one thing, and that is a proper respect for non-human beings, for other species. This is the Earth ethic that I talk about in the subtitle, whereby instead of looking at nature as, as a resource for us to plunder or for us to enjoy recreationally, and there's nothing wrong with recreational enjoyment, but we need to go beyond that and actually see other species, non-human animals, plants. We need to see them as, as living lives that have meaning in their own right, and we need to respect that. And with that change in mindset, everything falls into place. You're going to want to eat a more ecologically sound diet. You, you're probably going to want to stop flying, knowing the impact on climate collapse that that's, that's going to have. So all of the, the positive actions can fall out, I believe, of that simple realisation that other lives beyond humans really do matter. Can you just tell us what the tone of the book is? This this a, a positive read, or, or is it more of a sort of like a, a, a warning? So I, I was I was worried about about it. It's actually very difficult to to appraise your own work in that way as an author. I found, and so I would say I was very relieved when a couple of colleagues who kindly reviewed the book both said that they they found the book quite motivating and inspiring. They'd read other books where talking about such issues where they thought at the end of it, they just felt a bit bad and they felt like they'd been told off and it wasn't really what they needed to read. Whereas with this book, I was really happy to hear they did not feel like they were being told off. And in fact, they did find it motivating to, to want, they were already leading green lights, but they want to go on and, and, and enhance that. So I hope that's going to be the reception from other readers. Okay, well, that sounds good and what we need at the moment. So how can we get hold of your book then, Joe? So it's it's available through various online stockists. So Book Depository has it, for instance, with, with free postage. There is the, the relatively newly launched bookshop.org website, where a proportion of the, the proceeds will go directly to independent booksellers. So that's probably the avenue I would recommend, but it is a bit more expensive because it doesn't 
come with free postage if you go down that route. Well, Joe, thank you very much indeed for, for telling us about that. But it does sound like a fascinating read. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I was talking there to Joe Gray and his book is called 13 Paces by Four, Backyard Biophilia and the Emerging Earth Ethic. Now, you can take a closer look at what's going on in the area outside your window with the Big Garden Birdwatch next weekend. Not too late to register. Hear all about it on last week's show, which you can find on the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com. And here's a couple of events for your diary. On uh, Monday, the 2nd of February, St Albans Friends of the Earth have got a home energy assessor, Fraser Holbert, talking about making your home more energy efficient, steps you can take to help reduce your carbon footprint and your bills. They're going to be covering uh, what we need to achieve to make our homes sustainable, quick wins to cut your carbon emissions and your bills, more ways to reduce energy wastage, both heat and electrical, and bigger projects including solar panels and heat pumps. Well, it's nothing like working from home in winter to make you realise a drafty and gas-guzzling old hole your house is, so uh, take a look at the St Albans Friends of the Earth website for details. That's stalbansfoe.org. An Extinction Rebellion are inviting you to a welcome meeting on 7.30 on Wednesday the 10th of February. Um, you can find out what it's like to be part of Extinction Rebellion and what you can do to help. Um, details on the St. Albans Extinction Rebellion Facebook page and you can listen to me talking to their spokesperson Nigel Harvey about one of their meetings on environment matters a couple of weeks ago um, and you'll find that on the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com. Do stay in touch. You'll find us on Twitter at RV underscore environment or take a look at the Environment Matters Facebook page or you can always drop me a line on Amanda at RadioVerulam.com. I'll be back at the same time next week. Until then, thanks for listening.